It's the Rod and Cindy Podcast, starring Rod Lyman and Cindy Mooby. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rod and Cindy Podcast. My name is Rod Lyman. We're missing somebody, and her name is Cindy Mooby. She's in Maine right now. She's got a great job up there she's doing. She's got some wonderful, beautiful stuff she's taking care of up in Maine. I love it. Love it. Love it. She'll be back, though. No worries. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I know you're not worried. I have this special guest who I just love and adore. Um, He was on not too long ago. Um, He got some great reviews, uh, quite a few downloads and everything else. That Um, I'm very proud to have you back here. And and I'm not going to even say your name. I'm going to have you say your name. (laughs) Michael Anthony Suzinski. Wow. That's a mass. It is a mass. I love it. I love that. It's uh, I, I for some odd reason I cannot. I, I'm Polish Norwegian, and I cannot even say your name. Well, that might explain some. Exactly. Of it. So my English name is Lyman. So okay, because that comes from my dad's side. He's English. So <laughs> so anyway, yeah. But like my mom's side is Polish and Norwegian, and I can't even say your name. So that's right. So, I still love you, Pulaski's. Tollesons. <laughs> I still love you too. So. What are we doing here? I mean, good grief. We have uh, we had a lot to talk about last time. So what are we doing now? Today, you know, it's interesting you say that because I was thinking about that yesterday. And I had some ideas. But part of it is just showing up. Because I know when I just show up in front of people or even yourself, and I know you do the same thing, things just tend to show up as you talk. The things that are needed or necessary tend to flow through. It may be necessary for me saying it to somebody, but it also may be necessary for me to hear it and have a realization by myself speaking it for the first time. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So. So yeah. you showed up. I showed up. Here I Absolutely. Am. So what have you been doing with your life lately? I've been looking at life quite a bit. I've had, it's been an interesting year where there's been a lot of death in my family and yep. my friends and family. Yep, um, I've lost four people close to me, a patriarch and someone who took on the role of a matriarch in my family recently. Uh, I studied up north outside of Sedona for a year, uh, almost a year, with oh, that's a, right. yeah. a Native American elder, and she had just passed away. And when she passed away, I was a little bit surprised that it actually affected me so deeply. I knew it would on some level, but I realized since my mom had passed 10 years ago, she had taken some role of matriarch in my life. Right, exactly. She was the person I always looked up to. If I had a question, I'd reach out and call. She was right. the grandmother type role in my life. So when she passed away, I had a moment where I sat back and it connected me linearly to all these deaths that had gone in the last year. And when you, when you work with people, especially in emotional health and grief counseling, I found it funny that, oh yeah, I'm human too. Right. So I had to sit back in my grief and just process, talk to people, do some writing, allow the tears to come, even when they weren't ready to come, but just to create the space to allow. Absolutely. So um, it's been an interesting year, but that has given me reflection as I've started to come out of the cycle. And what do I truly, truly want to do in life? Oh. And I'm finding there's a niche that's showing up that's a little bit different than what I've been doing before. Really? Yeah. Is that making almond butter? Pecan butter. Oh, pecan butter. And that will be still part of it. Things uh, are happening with that. I so love I'm excited it. about that. That's yummy stuff. Because my, my whole intention is to help people grow um, spiritually, nutritionally, physically, emotionally into health. Exactly. Yeah. So the nutritional piece, having a role in herbalism and also going to school for culinary arts. Right. It makes perfect sense to marriage these together. Absolutely. But the thing that I realized that I do the easiest for myself is business coaching. Wow. Yeah. Because it's all about working with pe- decision makers who, when they make one decision, it affects hundreds, thousands, or more people. Correct, yes. 
And it's not about business coaching in the aspect of trying to, you know, bring in more money per se. Right. It's about cleaning stuff up. So how can we make this world a better place? And we have people in power as a decision making these right. moments in their life, these decisions. It trickles down and affects many people. Absolutely. It does. Because it's the same thing. Right. Think about when you started your business. Right. You still have some of the same hangups that showed up. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of the same emotional things. Absolutely. And when you clear those up, not only do you, does your business change, you have some profound clarity on things. Your personal life changes. Your relationships with people around you change. Mm-hmm. So it's a full spectrum absolutely. type atmosphere is what huh. feels like I'm being called into now. I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Well, so you know my business. You know what I yep. do and everything else. Then. What kind of ideas are coaching would you do with me? Hmm. As I take a sip of water, take a sip of water, and because this is a, a deep, free counseling I'm getting here. Sure, <laughs> it's very similar to most things. If we were sitting here talking, I would ask you, "What are the things that are getting in your way?" Okay, and it, you would you may say, "Okay, this is happening. This is happening. Money, business, um, like a place to do business. These things may be showing up." Right. But what are those feelings? Those things. What feelings are those creating in you? So we'd push the story aside and we come down to the feeling aspect of yourself. Right. And see what you have internally that you're attracting externally into your life. Because oh. it's really not about business. Right. At the end of the day. Exactly. It's about making you healthier on a deeper level. Absolutely. And if you're choosing to go in business, you take your healthy self into that place and you affect mass change around you. Yes. So it's not about just putting more money in the pocket. It's about creating, um, improving your relationships at home. Because if you have good self-relationships, self-home relationships, you're going to have great relationships in the business world as well. Oh, wow. And yeah. that's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Instead of trying to build a business based on fear and things such right. as that. So I, I have great relationships with everybody but myself. Okay. So, so what is what is that? I mean, this last last podcast we actually talked about, you know, of, of love in, in ourself and, and uh, how it that doesn't play the role anymore like it used to. That. Okay. But it's, we also talked about that we should treat everybody the way we treat ourselves. Yes. How weird would that be? Well, if you can have a love affair with yourself. Oh my gosh, yes. Think of how powerful <laughs> that would be. Exactly. So find where you're holding back on giving yourself love. Because many times you're stepping into a business, it's all about squeezing what you have and trying to get the most out of what you're absolutely but if you can actually step back and give yourself things in the moments where you're not in the business world or just in in the world in general right give to yourself so where are you holding back giving yourself that's interesting so um i care about myself i love myself and everything i love everything about what i do but (laughs) that that noise you hear is mike like uh, my six foot two himself. frame, just adjusting in. <laughs> He's adjusting himself. I love my, I love my people that come in here, and, and it's fun. I love <laughs> this. this. is real. It's real. <laughs> but it's the you're absolutely right. It's what do I deserve? What do I think I deserve? And uh, how do I treat myself with that deserveance and that? And I, you know, I I'm happy. I'm happy with who I am. I'm happy with around me. I I could lose some weight. I could do this. I could do that. And then there's always something better. But if you look at my work, my, my, my business and that, I don't think my business needs to lose weight or, you know, it, it's happy in that, but there, maybe it's trimming the fat. Okay. There's a thought process in that too. Okay. I'd uh, like to be as skinny as you. 
let me <laughs> let me divert for a second because I had a moment about that today. Did you really? I did because I have gone through many body sizes in my life. Uh-huh. I was born very skinny. I had some trauma at seven. I was suddenly very overweight. And through my life, I bounced back and forth. I could have looked at my body last week and been like, okay, I'm lean, but I'm a little soft around the middle. And I could, I could take that route. And I have taken that route. Today, I just happened to walk by the mirror. It's beautiful rain outside. I looked in the mirror and I said, wow. When I was a little kid, I would have killed to have this body. When I went through some other trauma, I had my back surgery and I felt super weak and frail, which then went into overweight at some point, right. I would kill to have a spotty. Oh, absolutely. When I'm 80, 85 years old, and maybe I'm not as strong as I am, I would kill to have a spotty. So for me, it's about just appreciating where I am in the moment. There you go. What I've also noticed and learned about myself is when we put the weight on, it's a suit of protection and armor. So it may be trimming the fat, but I, it may be said or felt in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's where can I feel more safe and more safe in myself. Oh, interesting. And then the weight will start to come off naturally. Because right. you could be overweight and you could work out and run marathons. You will lose weight. Right. Some stress comes in. You may suddenly reach for that potato chip bag again. Uh, you hurt your foot. You may suddenly put 30 pounds on really fast. If you deal with the emotional stuff that you're putting the weight on for, when you get hurt or you choose to do something different, the weight doesn't come on as fast. Interesting. Or at all. Absolutely. So when you actually start to look at that, that ooey gooey center that we have, mm-hmm. how safe does that feel? Absolutely. Because we can feel safe when we put our armor on. We can feel safe when we're in the gym. We can feel safe being surrounded by people we know accept us or have our back. But when they step aside, how safe do we feel? It's crazy. How safe do we feel alone in the middle of the night? Absolutely. Or when something scary shows up? It's fascinating you said that because um, I gained 30 pounds within three months after my heart attack. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't feel safe anymore. I woke up thinking I'm going to have another heart attack. And that's really interesting you said that. And and I'm actually more active now than I have ever been, and I still can't lose that 30 pounds. Isn't that fascinating? It can be. <laughs> For me, there's just something a little bit deeper. Okay. Okay. Um, how's your low back? How's your body feel? Uh, I've got a bulge disc back there. And I, okay. Yeah, yep. So as you know, it's about safety and security and structure, Absolutely, yep. fear of money, all that stuff. So as we start to work on that, there's going to be a direct line to... And your heart. Right. So how, how do you feel about yourself after your heart attack? What's different now than it was before? I think heart, uh, your heart makes you more emotional. I think it, uh, realizing that you're mortal mm-hmm. and that you can be hurt is, and you're not always in living in the angel life, that, I think it changed me a lot. It changed my aspect of who I am and everything else. That is like, I can be hurt now. And it also came over into the emotional side of it too is that i can be hurt so yeah it's played a big role having a heart attack so there's a few different things that are kind of flying in for me you went through what you do best you went through something (laughs) traumatic Uh uh-huh and you're still here right so there's a reason you're still here so if you can look at the safety of life in the aspect of wow i really took a real huge knock and i'm still here but it's moving me in a different direction because everything that you knew before is not the same. Right. Or many things I should say. Yep. Right. So where are you wanting to go now? Hmm. I don't know. I've just been letting the universe take me where I need to go. How can you co-create with that? Interesting. Never thought of that way. Because we can be on a raft and and let the river, the universal river takes where we're going to go. But we can also put our oars in and help start to guide with each rapid that comes in. So the river's going to 
really come in with flow, we have a way of co-creating by putting our aura in and seeing how we can either soften or help us move in a direction. Right. We may need to go to the shore. We can start going to the shore. If we're not supposed to go to the shore, that, that river is going to come in and take us. Absolutely. But there is a sense of how we respond to what the universe brings to us. Correct. Because we can just get caught. That is the stereotype with a lot of people who are um, spiritual. Right. They're living higher up and they're floating around. How can we bring one of our feet down to the ground? So we, what we're taking up here, this beautiful place that we're in, how can we bring it down to the ground to create, to co-create with what we have up there? It's almost like bringing our grounding energy, our physical, tangible body. There's a reason we're not just spirit floating around. We're in a tangible body. Right. How can we connect with this amazing thing up high? I keep holding my hand above my head. I see that. And, and bringing it together and bringing it coming down. Same, a tree. A tree is reaching for the heavens. Right. The tree also has roots that are way deep down inside the ground. Correct. So as high as it reaches, as high as low as it goes. Right. So how can we do that with ourselves as well? It's crazy. So you floating around and kind of going with the flow Absolutely. has its place. And maybe now or soon it's time to bring this wisdom that you have up here, down here, into your tangible body. Let the, let the physical in on the secret. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can impact more change down here. Absolutely. That's Including amazing. With yourself. That's amazing. So then you take that aspect and, and this is how I feel about myself. This is where it's going that and put it in the business aspect. It's, really, it's, it's all relationships. Exactly. Well, that's, that's like, oh my gosh, it's just like a bolt of lightning hits me. Is that, it's like, so I've been allowing the universe to do all this stuff and that not really co-creating with it. And now that's where my business is actually is, is because it's just going where the universe takes me and I haven't been co-creating it. And now I need to put my oars in the water, as you say, mm-hmm. and start. Yeah, I like that. Because you, you went to Oregon, right? Yep. No, Idaho. Idaho, excuse yeah, me. That's all right. Um, it's up there. <laughs> or Ida. Yeah, or Ida. <laughs> um, so maybe there's something for you to learn up there, but also not having your feet down here as well. And now you're back, so maybe there's something here. Now it's time to put the roots down. Right. Maybe you need to go on your little spinny journey, spinning around, going through new experiences, then coming back down. Absolutely. I'd love that. That's interesting. So what would you suggest I do then? What do you want to create? A kingdom. What kind of kingdom? Kingdom with everybody's co- coexistence, co-happy, and like energy is with like energy. So you can walk down a path and see 10 different kingdoms. What is the kingdom that you want to build and walk towards? What's in that kingdom? Kingdom is just a container. Right, exactly. Within, within it's just lovely people. People that know how to love and are taught how to love. Do you want to be the king of this kingdom? Oh, heavens no. Okay. <laughs> no. So if, if you're going to be in the kingdom of love, where are you preventing yourself from loving? Where do you feel there's some, some little squeezing on loving aspect of yourself or in general? Hmm. Interesting. I don't know yet. I never thought of it that way. I am so much involved in just being mm-hmm. that I never thought of that. What do you do for yourself? create have fun enjoying everything i do is spiritual everywhere i go is is it has a spiritual aspect behind it so where's the most tangible aspect of your spiritual aspect teaching that's my most tangible i love teaching so that's my most i guess most profound most beautiful part of my tangibility of what (laughs) i do is teaching that's tangible and we thank you for that yes thank you you show up very bright 
in your teachings. Thank you. Yes. Right. right. Yep. Where are you learning? What am I learning? Where are you learning? Oh, where am I learning? Spirit talk taught. Everything is spirit talk, which is through human beings usually. So take a breath right now. <sighs> Tap your legs. Close your eyes. Okay. What does spirit tell you right now about this? It's uncomfortable. What is uncomfortable about it? Because that means I have to move forward. What does moving forward mean? Creating. <laughs> Creating outside my box. Is it also possible it may challenge that paradigm of yours that everything is spirit taught? Absolutely. There may be a tangible thing that gets shoved in your face as Absolutely. well? Absolutely. That somebody else can teach me something. But if we're all connected to spirit, won't that other person be spirit? Oh, absolutely. So wouldn't it still be spirit taught? Still be spirit taught. Yeah. So that's that spirit taught up here uh -huh. like we were talking about before, hands above the head again, <laughs> coming down tangibly in the world. Right. So moving forward into letting other people be that spirit taught manifestation in front of you. Wow. And seeing, seeing what your triggers are and what's, what's left over. That's crazy. It just within what Ben has said, you had me into my own little idea and created in my mind. You didn't even do hardly anything. You just made me do this. It's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a, that's a gift you have, Mike. I, I mean, what a that. beautiful gift to be able to, to grab that and, and make somebody think about what their next step is. Well, it's, you know, I was just having this conversation before with Ray. It's, we're, all, we're all vessels. We're all straws. Exactly. So the information comes through, and that's where that co-creation comes in. So the information comes through. How do, we, how do I respond to that information coming through, and how do I package it out to somebody? Correct. Because we could have 10 people all getting the same information. There's a chance you may get eight, nine, or 10 different versions of it because there may be 10 different people who need to hear a slightly different message. Right. I, I, I guess I need to hear that one. That's crazy. Like we, we come into this and we just kind of have an open slate. And we're just going to say, Hey, we're going to do whatever happens. And that right. I was not expecting that mm -hmm. I was not expecting to have uh, truth shown in front of me, put in front of me. And it made me think it was like, yeah, I, there's some ideas then. I, and I, I think you and I are going to work together on some ideas. Thank, Thank you. you very much. That was, you amazing. see how though that goes from there's the spiritual realm and then the real world realm. Right. And that your real world realm may be, in the business world or trying to create something. Right. So if you're trying to create a kingdom or you are creating a kingdom. Mm -hmm. and your kingdom's going to help many, many people. Exactly. Right. So it's all the same. It's all relationship. What are we trying to build in life? And why are we, tra what are we trying to go? What are we trying to do? And re receiving what we're trying to do also. Because it's, we think things are always very linear. Right. We go to kindergarten for a second, then we go off to college, whatever it is. Nature isn't so linear. Right. So things kind of come all over. We might think it goes A, B, C, D. It might go A, F, 33, Apple, <laughs> G. Exactly. It may, it may go in different directions. So it's kind of an interesting thing just to kind of trust you're being called into something, doing it. And even if it may show up, quote unquote, out of line, it still may show up many, many years later. Wow. It does. Exactly. You know, sometimes we shake our fists at the spirit and it's like, why are you showing us this? But they're preparing us for something in the mm -hmm. future, even at all Very times. Much so. Exactly. Right. Wow, Mike, that's amazing. You, you do really good work with that. Thank I, you. That's a side of you I haven't seen yet. It's, <laughs> it's really good. You're amazing in all aspects in, in, that I've ever seen of you in your coaching and in, in, in your your intuitiveness. You're just an amazing man in, in all aspects at all. That. Thank you. I want to go back to this the the death thing a little bit. Uh, sure. I'm yeah. sorry for that. Uh, I, I lost my stepfather not too long ago. Yes, myself. you did. That's right. We've, I've been losing a lot of people. In my my life too man what kind of effect do you believe that death has on us people that know 
that feel? It, you know, I'll go back a little bit because I, when I suddenly, I say, came out of the spiritual closet right, yes. <laughs> back in New Jersey years ago, I always wondered about death because it's easy to, oh, yes, I'm spiritual. You're doing things. You're learning things. But when something really traumatic comes in your life, how are you going to handle that? Right. So I always wondered because I talked to people who had people who died and I would show up as best I could and just just listen and, and you know. And maybe in my mind at the time, think, well, maybe they're better off. I'd spin my own little story as I was learning right, about right. life. But I wondered what is going to happen when someone close to me passes away. And then my mom died. Right. And I realized it, it actually only solidified my core beliefs. It, did, it, it shook me on some level, but didn't shake me on a deep core belief. And then my mom started showing up in my life. Just songs. I know she was there. People would give me messages from her. Right. So I, I knew she was never gone. I think it's that tangible piece. It's, it's honoring that little child inside of us who looked up to somebody because they were our rock at some point. Right. They were our foundational piece. Now, when that gets taken out, it's a chance to switch the foundational piece into our own cells, our own spirit. So literally talking to your inner child and honoring the pain that your inner child goes through while also letting your inner child know that you are here for your inner child. Right. And your inner child's here for you. So because um, we need to we need to play, too. So right. even though we're entrepreneurs or busy and trying to create things, we're getting caught in the real world aspect. We still need to have fun and play. We need to let our spirit soar and our heart open and shine on silly little things too. So usually when I'm working with someone, I'll have them close their eyes. I'll literally have them get down on their knees and just imagine the first little child that walks out of themselves and then have them walk in front and to actually physically and tangibly their eyes closed, imagine and hug this child and let this child know that they are there for them. And then this, after that moment, then have the little child tell them that they are there for them. Absolutely. Because we're never truly alone. We may feel alone, and that's okay. We all have that from time to time. But we're truly never alone. We're connected to something. Right. So you work with the inner child, right? Mm -hmm. Bring out yes, the inner do. child of the people right. and everything else. That, <clears throat> what, do, what does that kind of look like? You know? It could be literally running around, jumping up and down, telling a silly joke. It can... It is getting into the body and getting into the body in a way that you maybe don't do at 40 years old. Being silly, jumping. When I say jumping, literally like jumping up and down, getting excited about something with that little, little spark of something you maybe not have touched in a while shows up. Yeah. It's when that sparks inside of us instead of always reaching outside of ourselves for something. Wow. So it, it is. And for me, in the session, is literally just trying to be act like a little kid. Right. Just to start that process. So how important it is to bring out the inner child? I am finding in my own life, it's very, very, very important. My so, favorite thing to do uh -huh. is go to a bounce house. Oh, not sweet. Not even just the trampoline parks. Absolutely. Like the little bounce house that you blow up and blows up your back. Right, right, yeah. Out here in Arizona, there's Bounce You in bounce Gilbert. You. Yeah, exactly. It's a giant warehouse full of these little things. And when I go in there, I feel like I'm six years old. Oh, my gosh. And I had the time of my life. I did my 40th birthday in that. It was the best thing I ever did. That's amazing. Because you feel like a little kid. You got to take me next time. because that... Yeah, it's it's... That's something I'm thinking about doing for my clients is actually having a bounce house day. That is amazing. So, so let's tie this together, death and uh, bringing out the inner child and everything else. What does it do to our inner child, death? It offers a few things. It offers the inner child a chance to grow up also. Okay. To realize that it is okay to grow up and it is safe to grow up. Right. So in that aspect, that may look different for each person. That, that may be when you close your eyes, you see a three-year-old. And as you start to honor the three-year-old, like most parents know, if you ignore your child, something will show up. <laughs> they will scream if they're younger. Yep. They may drop something. They will maybe cause a nuisance. They may just want to hug you right. forever. 
maybe in a spot when you're in a moment where you don't have time to be hugged. Right. Right. Um, but when you start to actually pay attention, the child doesn't need as much attention because you're giving the child attention. Absolutely. So it actually can start walking up the line. So that you might, what might be three years old might now be five years old. That child might need a voice because a five years old, something's very different in the world for a right. three, from a three to five to a 10, even to like a 13 year old. Right. So they, there's a level of maturation that can happen in that as well. While also knowing that, you know, that's where the spiritual connection comes in of understanding that death is part of this game. We're, we're playing a game right here. Oh, absolutely. We this, know there's an end <laughs> result. Yeah, absolutely. And for many of us, we pretend it doesn't happen. Correct. So actually having a conversation with yourself and your inner children about death is part of it. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's important to listen to your inner child because your inner child is usually very present and jumping and happy in moments as well. Right. So it's, it's bringing everything full circle and allowing and understanding and just letting your inner child know it's going to be okay. It's beautiful. Uh, I got to share a story with you. Uh, I was eight years old and my great grandfather, great grandmother passed away. Um, we had to go there to travel quite a ways to, to get to her place that, and I crawled right up into her bed and, and I felt my grandmother. I felt her as soon as I crawled in there. She was the first person I ever noticed something was different about her. And I, I asked her, I says, why are bugs eating you? And she says, I have cancer. And so I, oh, that's why bugs are eating you, you know? And I try to get all this in line, but my, she was a very important person in my life. Right. So I crawl up in bed with her and I could feel her. I turned because I could feel like she was leaving. Right. But she wasn't physically leaving. I turned and looked at her and she sat up in her bed. She reached into her chest and pulled a plug and then she disappeared. Wow. And it was so traumatic to me that I started crying and, it, and I didn't stop crying for almost a whole day, my mom said. It was that traumatic because I watched something spiritual happen, not physical happen. And I couldn't adjust to that why the physical was still there and the spirit wasn't. And it was such a hard time on my innocence of a child and that, that I didn't ever want to do this again. But it always seemed like I was at everybody's last rites. I would be there when everybody would pass away and they would set up and do the same thing, pull a plug and disappear. I was always there and I never wanted to be. I was always left alone in the room to see this. And it was, it was so traumatic on me. Oh, that's interesting. That, that I feel that it had done something to my inner child, you know, the child within me. So how does that child feel now? Strong. It, it, it's not scared of death. It's never because I have died myself and everything else. It's not scared of death. I understand what the person is doing is that they're pulling their lifeline and leaving. Well, it's interesting when you said you were left behind. Uh -huh. I'm always was left in the room. Well, that's always, that's a things are happening to us kind of mentality. Right. Maybe the innate knowledge and uh, intuition that you had chose to be in that room because that's part of your gift. Absolutely. I get that now, yes. So see, that's the thing. When we're little kids, a lot of us, I didn't have really a mentor. I walked through my life very feeling very different, not understanding why things were happening. So that's why I love talking to children now, to let them know they're not crazy. Exactly. To actually feel, the, feel what they're feeling inside and let them know there's, here's a book to read. Absolutely. Talk to this person. Look up this person on YouTube. Some level of education for a child who's going through the world very differently but there's, it seems like there's more and more children coming in. Right. So I feel like this, like you said, the kingdom before, there's something that's going to kind of evolve and there's going to be more of a, um, a support group, which just will be a group at some point. But if, think about it, if you had someone in your family who could talk you through this. Oh, absolutely. And, and give you an understanding of what's happening and seeing the beauty in something versus 
the traumatic experience. Yep. That's, that's crazy because that, I wanted that so much. That's why I do what I do because there are so many people out there that have focused and has things happened to them. They to this day do have, have no idea what happened to them. Right. And I love to mentor them. I love to be there for them and understand that. Do you know how they got me to sh- stop crying? How? They gave me one of grandma's watches. Oh, thank you. The lights just flickered. It was awesome. They gave me one of grandma's watches and I held on to it. And then I said, grandma, 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 and that, and it was, I got older and I was 22 years old and I took it to a watchmaker to fix it. And that he offered me $10,000 for the watch because it was the first female Rolex watch ever made. Wow. I was like, huh, it made me quiet. (laughs) Give me ten thousand dollar watch. Nice you, Grandma. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Grandma. And so I was like, Grandma, what would, what do you want me to do? She said, Sell the damn thing. So I did. I sold the sold the watch, and and you know, it, but there was something about that. It was just the mentorism, like you just said, the innocence of a child. Everything I teach is about innocence of the child. That we have to take that on the the happy and the excitement that even the Reiki classes we have to it's not, it's not about being in solitary solitary and being quiet and everything else that it's about using that innocence of that child right. to to create something in our mind. Well, I made that mistake before. Absolutely, it's just part of the evolution of knowing yourself and and tuning into something different. Yeah, you hear a child laugh. It's it's the most amazing experience. Oh, it's addicting too. And you start laughing, you don't know yeah, why absolutely. you're laughing, right? It's yeah. It's, so if we can great. if we can tap into that energy, we can change so much. At anytime, absolutely. And think about it. if you if you actually just are having fun and having conversation, people who aren't um, what you the word spiritual is such a kind of ambiguous right, right, thing, right, but yes. um, someone who may not understand what you're talking about, but you start saying something funny that might be a parable, they might oh what, what, oh that's funny. Tell me more about that. Exactly. And you start you start expanding an audience because you're you're reaching out on a different energy. Oh. Totally. Yeah. Energy of love, fun, yeah, laughter, we're, we're child. Having, we're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all serious, is it? No, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, I made the mistake in the beginning that I thought I couldn't be like my smart ass self even <laughs> or just had to be much more serious. Right. And I found I was kind of tamped. I was tamp- self-tamping myself down. Right. It's like, oh, no, no, that's not, that's not the answer either. Right. No. Nope. Yeah. No, it's, you know, even in uh, loss and like we talked about in death and everything else that we could find happiness and excitement in that and i think that's what the funeral st- setting is kind of going out of the way and the celebrating the life is coming out more and it's because we're finding happiness about stuff and everything else you know they these people didn't lose leave and you know they're they're in a good better place than we are you know so we need to basically look at that instead of looking at it's like oh they're gone <laughs> i'll never see them again right that type of when, when I went into my dad's funeral, my daughter was there, and she was she still is nine, but um, should be ten soon. But I pulled her aside before we walked in and I said, "Just understand that you're going to see people very sad. You're going to see people laughing. You might see some people angry, but if you see people laughing and joking, there's no reason to be upset. People handle this in very different ways. And it's all a release of energy, and you may actually have a lot of fun." this weekend or these next few days because you're going to meet some new people you're going to meet other children you're going to have fun people are going to put a lot of energy on you no absolutely and it, it is you for me whenever i walk into funeral i have that initial moment where all my f- feelings and fears come crashing together for a few moments i take a step out and then i re-enter having honored this expression i needed and then it becomes this really peaceful beautiful experience yes it does connecting with people just looking at them it, yeah it's a death just show up and feel how you need to feel. Absolutely. Right. I love it. I love it. 
Hey, I'm all excited about your stuff that you do and that. Uh, it's really interesting since you've been talking here. Is there a book coming? I'm in the middle of writing two books right now. Oh, my god! And gosh. I just started a new book, uh, the second book. It's Intuitively, I saw that. I was like, I, you need to ask them. I was like, okay. One of them is actually the really silly stories. I have a lot of shadowy stories I would never told my mom. And they come from a comedic perspective. Right. But the things that when at the end of it, when I look at these crazy actions I took in my life, because I was always the perfect kid. Right. But behind the scenes, I still dipped into my shadows. But when I came out of these experiences, I would look like, you know, with a little bit of time and self-reflection, like, what was I trying to get out of this? Right. Oh, I was seeking love. Oh, if I'm seeking love, there's a way better way of doing it than that. So I started to learn a lot. But they're funny stories to me. And when people read them, they're like, oh, my God, you did what? <laughs> I get that. So that I have almost done. But the other book is just showing up in life. So this one's going to be called Who Ate the Last Oreo? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Who Ate the Last Oreo? Thank you. Because, yeah. I mean, when I always think when someone goes in the cabinet and they open the cabinet and there's no more cookies left, they get really upset. Like, oh, who ate the last Oreo? It's not about the cookie. It's about what repressed emotions you have deep down inside or where are you connecting this Oreo? Where is the Oreo connector to some previous time where you felt taken advantage of? So it's about seeing, being aware of our emotions in the moment. It's not about the Oreo. Right. It's about other stuff underneath. So right. it's, yeah. Hmm. I like that. Somebody took my last cookie. We get upset. Because what happens? We get upset and we blast right. out. And then maybe an hour later, right. like, I'm really sorry. And we feel guilt and shame of how we right. re- reacted. Right. And the person's like, yo, dude, it's just an Oreo. It's just exactly. You know? It's, yeah. But so My family just left an empty package in there. And it just sat there. You know? Yeah. Somebody would grab it and it would be empty. They'd put it back on the shelf and close the cabinet. Right? Does everybody else do? Yes, I, I thought so. I said that passive aggressiveness yeah. at work. Yeah. If someone took the last paper towel. Yep. I would take the roll off. I'd take a brand new paper towel still in the plastic and just slam it on there. <laughs> you know? That's great. Exactly. I, I used to put post-it notes that would go from the paper towel roll all the way up with an arrow saying paper towels are here. <laughs> I put like 50 post-it notes. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's awesome. it's funny, but it's also, I had some passive-aggressive Absolutely. problems back then. Yep. Yeah. So what, what is that <laughs> idea? What is the thought process of leaving an empty container? Someone may not be present. They may be in a moment of where they're giving, giving, giving. You know, it just might be that some level of selfish act. They may not realize it. Right. They're just in that moment, they're taking care of themselves. Oh, gotcha. Without regards to anybody else, because maybe other times... It's always about other people. Yeah, but what if 15 other people shook it and saw it was empty and left it in there? <laughs> so I used to work in a recruiting office. Oh, wow. We're all recruiters, and you're putting everything you have in other people. So at some level, it's glorified babysitting. Right. But you're doing everything to make sure someone shows up. So you're giving, 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 giving. And many times that person may just pull the plug at the last minute and not always in a respectful way. Right. So you, you'd feel like you gave and you didn't receive. So a lot of times you got it from your desk, it wasn't about being part of a cohesive unit. It's like, I got to get mine. Right. Even if it's just subconsciously rolling through. So you just focus on your stuff and that's it. Awesome. So. Just, I, I, I catch myself once in a while doing that myself. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, there's nothing in there. Well, wait a minute. No, no, no. Sure. Because it's the milk. The milk's gone. The cookie's mm-hmm. gone. And I just, why leave an empty container in there? That, right. So, and, and it's always, never has been who ate the last cookie, who left the empty bag. <laughs> There for me. Right. Know, so that's really awesome. But that may also be a chance to speak your boundaries too. Right. There you so go. So you can actually step up and say, hey, you know, the cookies, I bought them for myself. Or you can say, you can help yourself, but please replace or at least throw the box away. So you can just, you can have whatever conversation right. you need to have. A lot of people, they don't. 
Right. And they hold, they hold, they hold, they hold, and then they pop. But, right. Exactly. And then it's a much bigger deal. Cause it's not, I feel like we have all these repressed emotions inside. And they're like helium-filled balloons just jockeying to get out. But there's no opening. Right. Someone eats the last Oreo, and then a little opening happens, and all these helium-filled balloons of uh, fear, anger, resentment come flying out. Oh, nice. And now they're all popping in the room, but they're, they have nothing to do with the Oreo. Right. So if we can constructively and proactively start working on these emotions inside, when something happens in the moment, it's the momentary happening versus all this old baggage coming forward. Sweet. That's really good. You know, myself, I, I, I love to share. Okay. It's like, I don't care who, you know, eats the last cookie and that. Just don't be secretive about it. You know, that's, right. I get a lot. My, <clears throat> my family is like that. My kids weren't. It's like, you want something, get it. You know, sure. I don't care. You know, but my family that I grew up with, my siblings and everything else, is everything was snuck. You had to sneak to get this, sneak to get that. Mm-hmm. And I hated that. I would just, eat in front of my parents or eat in front of my grandparents. I just would do it because it didn't matter to me. You know, I, I didn't care. I was going to get in trouble anyway. This for that. Who cared? Right. But everybody else in the family snuck it. And I see that in their lifetime. Now you look at, they sneak food. They eat like this. They pull it up. To, How does it affect you when you see that? Yeah. It's a what? How does it affect you? How does it affect me? I, I just look at them and wonder why it, it doesn't, it bothers me that it hurts them. That, that they're still in this mode that that seeing somebody take a little thing of ice cream and hiding almost in the corner eating it like this because she's she's afraid or he's afraid somebody's going to see her and say it mm-hmm. and it's her own ice cream mm-hmm. That's, it, it, so it affects me in the way is that I wish I could just help him say like, no just eat it smear it on the floor or whatever on the table eat it I don't care you know how you can help him how, how can I help him just like, accept him well, I accept him yeah, I love them for yeah. it, but they don't have to be mousy about it, right? But we don't. There comes a point when if we can just that's their thing right now, right? And their spouse, their spouse has actually pointed it out to them. It's like you don't have to go hide to eat your food and that, and it's always was desserts or something like that because that was we didn't get a lot of sugar or desserts in, in our mm-hmm. in our house and that. And if you wanted sweets and that, you did have to almost sneak it and everything else that because there was nothing around you know it was it was a, a big truck to go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and that and he was like i want a candy bar no you know no sweets in the house and mm-hmm. so, so people do that i see that so much around there and that and i do i accept them for it i just i was the opposite it's a, the sugar is also a game changer it affects your neurochemistry as well so it's going to start pumping your dopamine and serotonin in and the feel-good chemical is trying to change your state. If you don't feel very good about yourself, eating foods are going to change your state. Oh, absolutely. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm hungry right now. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. But, but I mean, you do some really great work. I mean, that's that's a, a covering all. You do the nutrition part of it. You do the mental part of it, the physical part of it. You kind of cover it all, all the bases, don't you? So my, thank you. My intention is to bring all that into, take this, what maybe people may think is woo-woo, but just break it down into a real-world kind of way. Of, how can I take this into the real world? That's all. And how can we, because we can take this thought process into any room that we walk into. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's a boardroom, whether it's a meeting room, whether it's the bathroom. Oh, exactly. Everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've earlier in the podcast that you helped me realize some things that very quickly, Mm -hmm. which is, it doesn't take long, long, long time, does it? It doesn't have to, no. No. I find, I think we may have touched upon this before, but I find that when you have a certain amount of time, you, you tend to fill the time. Right, exactly. If you have five minutes, you can create rapid and massive change in five minutes. Exactly, right. absolutely. But if you have an hour, 
you can pace it. There might be some gentle touch. There might just might be something else that is needed. Absolutely. To help um, imprint that message home. Yep. But if you have, again, if you have, we've all heard something in 30 seconds that exactly. have rocked us. Absolutely. Or moved us in a new direction. Exactly. Right. It's it's the old, we actually talked in the, the other podcast, it's the old adage that the old things don't work anymore. Hmm. It's like, um, I talked to so many people that do energy work and that, and I asked this, I said, what happens after five minutes and you feel like you're done? And they're like, it happens to all the time to people, two people that it's, this is all they needed. They're done that they paid for an hour session. Now what's going to happen for the sure. 55 minutes that you paid for that? It just becomes touch therapy then. It's not energy therapy. Anymore. Well, think, think of it like a nice dinner. Right. You might get all the nourishment you need in five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. But there's something else that might be in that space that is gentle and loving and healing as well. And when people are constantly rushing around, taking an hour might be the biggest thing they do all day or Absolutely. all month. Absolutely. So, yeah, you just fill that space. Fill that space. Fill the space with what, though? What? Your truest self. If you just, if you live, if you're showing up working with somebody, you know, as you know, you just show up and right. just, just be present because people don't get presence in life. Right. I could tell you about, you know, or you could tell me about your grandmother had the greatest apple pie. And I might start thinking like, oh, no, no, I got to tell about my grandma's pecan pie. And I'm, I might be a little present, but not fully present. But just to be present, people aren't present. Very just to good. sit there and just look at someone and just, right. I, okay, I'm blank slate, go for it. Right. I'm 100% here. Absolutely. It, it, I love that shirt on you, by the way. Thank you. We've, I think I've told you about that shirt. I think it's, it's, that's that part of recognizing of somebody and taking a piece of them, recognize it and say, mm. oh my gosh, I love that part of them. That, that's being present because now you're presently looking at somebody and actually physically seeing them. Right. And it, it's really hard for people that right now. Um, having a conversation with a lady last night was really interesting is that she looked down the whole time. She wouldn't even ever look at me. And I asked her what color my eyes were. And as, as soon as I asked her what color my eyes were, she came up to look at me. Uh, and then she's just kind of stared there for a second. She goes, oh, they're, they're really brown. Mm. I said, oh, good. And I says, do you know what color your eyes are? She goes, well, they changed. They're not really. And it's like, have you really looked at yourself? She says, not for a long time. I don't think we're being present with ourselves even. I think people are looking in the mirror, do what they need to do, and not really seeing who they are because mm-hmm. they're scared to see what had, how they've changed. I, I am sometimes. I look at. I don't even. Did I shave this morning? Did I? Because <laughs> I don't remember looking in the mirror. <laughs> that was the thing when I studied with the elder. There really weren't mirrors, so you just showed up as you were. Right. You may not even be taking a shower every day. You're just showing up, and then she may say, "I need you to run into town." You're like, I have no idea how I look. That My hair might be awesome. all over the place. Yeah, and you're just, you, know, you might be dirty even because you were right. digging in the garden. So it doesn't matter if you're present by looking at yourself. It's just being just, present. Just being your body. That's interesting. Yeah. Just being your just body. Just being your body. That's so hard right now with all of the, the people with electronics and the earbuds and everything else and that to be present here in your body. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I just had this really random thought yesterday that um, – even if even if you were you felt m- the most broken in your life, and maybe you're walking down the street crying, maybe there's a homeless man who just stepped forward and looked at you and said, "It's going to be okay," and you just grabbed your hand. That may be the most magical thing in the world. Every other day, you just might walk past that person. Maybe you give them a dollar. Maybe you just pretend they're not there. Maybe you look down derisively at them. But when people just show up in such an authentic and natural way, that's where the magic's at. 
It's simple. Just just show up. I like that. Just right. show up. Because if you got in a car accident and the first person in your door was someone of a different color that you didn't care about, I don't think it's going to matter in that moment. Mm-mm. It's just here's a human being who's willing to help. Right. And that's, I think, where we kind of get lost. I like that. So we can just show up. Uh, and you're right, though. Showing up for ourselves. No, you're absolutely correct. It's, that's the whole thing is just showing up for yourself. I love that. Because I just sit and have a conversation and ask the person about themselves. And, that, and, and it's really hard for some people to explain to. They can explain everything about their children and family and everything else, but about themselves they can't explain it, which is kind of weird. Let's see. Let's see, yes. <laughs> Crowd out here sneezing. Yeah. I think so. Change, change of, of, of the channels, that's what sneezing is. <laughs> it's funny, too, because and there's multiple facets of this. Um, when I have a session, mm-hmm. or I'm giving a session, and then I leave and I go into the store, I walk in a store and I can tangibly see and feel everyone turn their attention towards me. Right. But granted, I'm in this place of connection, but I'm also not, there's also a not worried about kind of thing. Right. You're just showing up as you are. And that connects on some level with people. That's what I, how I do my meditations, some of my classes, that I just show up and it's spirit taught, spirit brings, spirit shows. And that, and it's just, I'm present there as a person. So. Gosh, Mike, it's been that time already. I want to say one more thing. Yo, you better. Because how life is not linear, we tend to, and I understand that it's not this, but we tend to look up when we talk about spirit. Mm -hmm. What if we, in this case for you, look down and look at the ground and see the tangibility of spirit coming from the ground and notice that it comes from the tangible as well? Absolutely. So that may just offer some shift on some level about coming down on the ground. It's okay, okay right now, because the world's round, spirit in, in Asia is on the other side of the world right now. Uh-huh. So wouldn't it be down there? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So why don't we start looking down at the tangibility of the ground and spirits seeping up through the ground? You're amazing, Mike. So. Because we talked about that. We talked in the last podcast. It's really funny that I keep bringing it up, but you're saying the same things is that. We talked about that, the new millennials and everything else, their crown chakra is being more their base chakra. Things are being changed around and everything else. And you said it right there, spirit, spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, people are seeing it as a golden light that goes completely through us. Mm-hmm. And it's really beautiful. Mike, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, my website is the spiritual health coach. Spiritual health dot com. Coach dot com. Uh, 908-418-7185. One more time. 908-418-7185. And on Instagram, it's Michael Anthony Coach. Yes, I'll, uh, I follow you on Instagram. Okay. You got some great stuff on Instagram. Thank I you. love it and everything else. Mike, this is awesome. I've I appreciate had a it. I love this. Beautiful day, day to you. You have such great gifts and, and you're a beautiful soul. That's I for sure. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, we have to thank Athena for uh, allowing yes. us to use this room. It, uh, everything just rocks. Have you been here before? No, I've talked to Athena before, but this is the first time here. It's a beautiful little it's, warehouse, actually. Uh, it's, it's really it's big. great. Yeah, it's a great it's a little warehouse. Here full of beautiful rocks and stones oh my gosh and if you've never walked into a place that's full of rocks and stones it has a beautiful energy it's a beautiful exactly it's it's i watched you as you come in and that and everything else that and you just you start glowing yourself you Mm -hmm. did i watched you glow in that it's like oh what's that Mm -hmm. you you want to go adopt a bunch of them don't you yep i already got one already so (laughs) did you really what'd you get some carnelian oh my gosh what is that good for uh second chakra creativity Oh. Yeah, a little bit more grounded, creativity also. Good for you. It just feels good in my hand. It does. Yeah. So you guys some beautiful great... orange uh, stone. It is. It's a great stone. We have to take a picture of that. It. So you got some great stuff coming up, and 
I'm working on some stuff with the whole business coach, real world aspect of things. Right. Yep. This, this is a kind of a brand new thing for me. I've been doing it, but realizing right. it's time to start putting my niche in a different space. Oh, there's passion there. I mean, and everything comes with it. I was talking to Ray before. Not only you may be doing one thing as your niche, but it brings everything else with it. It does. Taking that other thing and bringing it to the real world. You're amazing. Thank you. You know, just you gave me just little, little bits and pieces today of what you do. I mean, just small bits, but you've helped me in in so many ways. And and uh, good grief, if if I can get help, anybody can get help. So <laughs> vice versa. Cause, yeah, because I'm Thank I'm you. kind of stubborn in some ways. That uh, yeah. I like how you said that is that there's going to be new ways of teaching and that learning from people, being spirit taught and from people. And right. Different. And I learned a lot from you today. So that's amazing. I'm not going to go and do what you do because I. There's no way. You're awesome. You're amazing. So one more time, Mike, how did they get a hold of you? Uh, the spiritualhealthcoach.com, 908-418-7185. And on Instagram, Michael Anthony Coach. Perfect. Perfect. Any words of wisdom before we, we sign off? Just show up. Just show up. That's one of my favorite things from now. Because when you show up, you may not know what you're doing when you get there, but you show up in such a way that something that you need to know or do shows up. You're absolutely correct. So just trust and show up. I love that. You literally just might have to put, have to put your hand on someone's shoulder, and that might be your only role. That I was very that. necessary. It's a lot of stories I have about that showing up with just putting your hands on people. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's a, the name of this podcast is going to be is just show up. Awesome. Beautiful. I think it's beautiful. Thank Great. you. Thank you very much. I love you very much. Love you know too. that. Thank you. From Cindy and Rod, this is the Rod and Cindy podcast from Everything Just Rocks. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Peace.